I had an internet radio show for three or four years. Actually, two radio shows for about six months at one point in time. And at the end of that time, it just felt like that was a box I could check as complete. I wasn't burned out or stressed, it just felt complete. And in the meantime, I've been a guest on many other radio shows, which I've enjoyed immensely. And what was working its way to the surface was that, beyond the blogs on my website, lizanneflynn.com, the animals of the world and I still had more to share. Specifically, they had more to share through me. Which is the reason behind the name of the podcast, The Animal's Eye View. It's a play on words, in that it's the animal's perspective, their viewpoint of the world that they want to share. It's also an invitation to the humans of the world to see the other sentient beings we share our planet with in a paradigm-shifting way, in the way that I, as an animal communicator, see them, which is collectively. Professionally, my intuitive practice is comprised of services for both humans and animals, and it's easier to say what's not included, that being astrology, of which I know just enough to be dangerous, and tarot, as animals don't use the tool of tarot. They prefer the direct communication of telepathy, with me, with each other, and with other humans who choose to do so. That communication can be through a variety of what I call the internal five senses that are the same as the external five senses, which are seeing, hearing, touching, tasting, and smelling. The internal senses are just more subtle than the external ones because they're interactions in a different dimension, where physics as we know it operates differently than in our present reality. It is still and always will be wired directly through the vehicle of the body itself, which means everyone is capable of communicating telepathically, even if you think you can't, which is always the first obstacle that needs removing. Nevertheless, that's how the animals and I share with each other as they do amongst themselves. Animal communication remains the cornerstone of my practice, and although I also speak with animals in the wild, It most often comes in the form of guardians to companion animals, which are the terms that I prefer, as do animals, over the term pet and owners. They are unique family members and no less vested in having harmony than humans are. The funny thing is, the most frequent service request I get in terms of animals is when the guardian tells me the animal's behavior is creating a problem in the household. Little does a human know that it's most often their actions, not the animals, that are at the root of the behavior. You see, animals act as mirrors for us in our lives, and just like looking in a mirror on a bad hair day, we'd rather not see the shadow aspect of ourselves. Animals being who they are, and rooted in finding joy in every conceivable moment of their lives, will notice immediately if the energy environment they share with you is out of whack. And so, like with other animals and absent a shared verbal language, they know actions speak louder than words, and they will mirror back to their guardian exactly the energy that's being so disruptive. I know that some humans I've worked with have been surprised and every once in a while quite shocked at the directness of and openness about pretty much any subject an animal chooses to address. They're with you 24-7, and know everything that happens to you all the time, 
which includes your work life, your love life, and your family life, even your hopes and dreams. They chose you to share their animal experience with because your human experience matched up so perfectly with theirs. I always follow the lead of the animal as they know much better than I do how the energy can be set right again in any environment. They're excellent negotiators because everything is neutral to them if it moves everyone they care about back in the direction of a balanced energy field. Their master language is energy, and so, as everything else is energy, they will tell me what is hidden to their human family members. I also serve as a medium, which is someone who connects beings no longer in physical form to loved ones who are still living. Souls previously, in both animal and human experience, can choose to move into the space where I am working. It's the same feeling if you were in a room with your eyes closed and your body sensed another being entering the same room. Even though you couldn't see them physically, your nervous system alerts you to another energy field being present that's entirely separate from yours. I invite you to try it sometime to see what that's like. Most often the individuals who come through have a message for a loved one, and it can also be someone from an individual's youth or childhood that may have a memory that needs to be released. As with the animals, I follow the lead of the energy that comes in, and always for the highest and best good of my clients. Not surprisingly, animals come through especially when a guardian is having a difficult time and releasing their attachment to the animal in physical form and are dealing with end-of-life issues. I use the analogy of deciding between a cell phone or two tin cans and a piece of string to talk with your beloved family member, no matter who they are. Naturally, you would choose the cell phone, which translated means communication via pure energy. The tin cans represent still wanting to be with the physical body that no longer exists. For humans, our main language is verbal, and not so much energy because we've forgotten who we are, which is why animals are here to remind us. We also forget that our emotions, like grief, guilt, regret, sadness, and fear, are very tangible energy components and will block the connection with others, especially those who aren't in physical form any longer. I once had a cat reveal to me the cosmic energy that seems to be literally stuffed into a physical form here on Earth. It looked really uncomfortable because the physical form was so limited compared to the energetic substance. And don't get me wrong, I think the body design on Earth is pretty magical. Yet this cat made it look so easy and did it several times with a direct look at me in between so that I would understand how animals make most things on planet Earth look so easy to humans. Their orientation of love and compassion is the grease, I think, that helps them squeeze into their animal suits more easily than humans. And, in fact, it makes it easier for them to connect with their cosmic energy because they know this is just an experience, likely among many that they'll have elsewhere in the galaxy. So they're really connected all of the time to their energy, while humans have unfortunately developed other systems that tend to interfere with this energy. Medical intuition is another skill I have in this experience, which acts a bit like a total body x-ray, 
in revealing imbalances in the body itself. The body reveals to me that which is sometimes hidden from the inhabitant of the body or the people who interpret what the body is saying, doctors and the like. At times I will feel on my body the impression of where physical discomfort is residing for either animals or humans. Previous bone fractures and or current muscular aches and pains will be felt in the corresponding location on my body, and I can tell based on the depth of what I feel how much discomfort is being felt by the body with whom I'm working. I will also sometimes feel and hear organ involvement as well as systemic diseases such as diabetes and other issues involving whole body systems such as respiratory, circulatory, and the like. And while you might imagine this comes in handy with animals who don't verbally communicate with their guardian or the vet, it may be surprising that this also comes in handy with our species. We've abdicated the care of our bodies to other humans who can't know what we are actually feeling physically. And more specifically, these other humans aren't taught to fully experience and understand the energy imbalances underlying the surface symptoms of what appears to be wrong. Which brings up a key distinction between animals and humans. The perspective that the body is somehow wrong when it's in pain or otherwise not operating in a way in which we expect it to. With animals, there's nothing ever wrong. It's just information from the body to the soul inside and everything is welcomed, even pain, as being data for the soul inside the body to interpret. Which is exactly the point where humans sometimes add an emotional rebound, if you will, into the mix. Rather than noting the message from the body and filing it away in the background, we react to what the physical is with an emotion, usually one up, one made up of fear, sadness, or anger at the message itself, and more importantly, the messenger, that being the body. So a cycle begins of feeling betrayal, disgust, fear, sadness, and sometimes anger whenever the information is sent to the owner of the body, that being you. My perception is that with an almost complete investment in this one life, we think we're here to live, and no doubt this experience is unique, we forget how limitless we actually are inside of this physical form, and that we can cause healing to begin no matter where we are, if it's in accordance with our soul path, which of course is always the tricky part. Last but not least is that of being a channel for entities who likely never have had physical form on earth. I often get the question of who is they that I sometimes reference in a session. The they refers to whatever group of guides or other beings of energy who may be offering information and support to you, the client, during a session. Every once in a while, the beings will identify themselves by name, and I'm often asked, who are my guides? For humans, our default setting of consciousness is individual. So my perception is that when our guides want to connect with us, they will transform themselves into individual voices, thoughts, and sensations that are easily identifiable. Instead of a chorus of voices, thoughts, or sensations, what may be heard, felt, or seen uh, is one or two that may stand out or sometimes a group says the same words or communicates the same feeling. 
Their consciousness is collective or pertaining to the group, much like that of animals, plants, and crystals, because, in truth, everything is connected to everything else. And yet, when a specific message from one part of a group of guides, who may have the frequency of, say, angels, that energy vibration comes through definitely loud and clear. So, you can locate, just based on the feeling of their frequency, who's saying what and where they're from, which ranges anywhere from the Earth herself to star beings living on distant planets in the galaxy. And sometimes it's past, present, and future all coming together at once, although that's relatively straightforward. Because it's inner, via the inner five senses, it can be quite subtle, and I discovered that I need to have all of my attention turned towards my connection with whomever is in the session with me, whether in physical form or not. It's also lightning fast at times, depending upon what is being shared. So I've been known to ask my client for just a yes or no answer to any questions I have, or to tell the energy I'm working with to slow down just a bit. On the personal reveal of who I am as host of this podcast in this lifetime on this planet, I was born and raised in Colorado, where I still reside. One of six siblings born to an Irish Catholic family, I still practice the Irish part, but not the Catholic part. I'm also a mother of two grown men who are amazing. For those who might be curious about my natal astrology chart, those particulars are my sun is in Capricorn, my rising sign is in Gemini, and my moon is in Scorpio. Mercury, Mars, and Saturn are in Sagittarius. Venus is in Aquarius. Neptune, Jupiter, and North Node are in Scorpio. Uranus is in Leo, and Pluto is in Virgo. As I said, I know just enough to be dangerous with astrology. And it's only my hunch that the Capricorn keeps me grounded, the Gemini makes it a bit easier for me to work with people, and the Scorpio is what enables the deeper dive into things. The rest, I'll leave up to the other astrologers out there. My first career was in human resources, mostly in healthcare, and admittedly, I kind of fell into it, because it's clear that it was not ever my passion. I have a Bachelor's of Arts in Management, I'm certified as a canine massage therapist, and also as a Reiki Master Teacher. My current career revealed itself to me shortly after my sons were in middle school, and I felt a desire to return to work at least part-time. I hadn't been working during my son's school years, because about 26 years ago, my body was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. I was fortunate enough to be able to take time off during my son's school years to be with them, and that is something I wouldn't trade for anything else in this lifetime. And when I wanted to return to work, I thought to myself, let's see, what would be enough physical activity for my body to see if it can withstand a return to work? So, in my mind, for whatever reason, that was equal to being a volunteer at a local animal shelter and participating in several programs with the animals there. One of which was walking two dogs at a time on a three times a week basis for about a mile and a half. I learned so much from interacting with the animals. I still do. And the most surprising thing happened while I was there. I began to hear, see, and feel what the animals were saying. Things like, why am I here? Where's my family? Why was I left here? As you might imagine, being an empath and someone with a trait of high sensitivity, this was quite a revelation and initially overwhelming. And it was during this time of deep transition that I learned to take 
half step back from what I was feeling about what was being presented so that the most clarity for those with whom I was working would come through. After this, I decided to add a physical component to my work, so I attended school for canine massage and became certified in that. I also taught canine massage there at that school for a little over a year. At the end of the initial course, a good friend and a fellow student said, you know, I think you'd really like Reiki. So I found my Reiki master teacher and two years after the massage certification, I became a Reiki master teacher. Shamanism was the most recent tool I acquired about five years ago, specifically in soul retrieval due to trauma in a lifetime. And all of this information can be found on my website, lazanflynn.com. But enough about me. What about you? What sets you on fire and what makes you go ick? Maybe those things are different from mine and maybe they're the same. Within the animal world, and in spite of their considerable differences physically, emotionally, and mentally, they share commonalities that may surprise you. I would love to hear from you about anything you think may resonate with others. And as well, you may have questions about what I do, or maybe you're seeking some guidance about what go- what's going on in your life experience right now. As part of my original radio broadcast, there was a Facebook chat room in which listeners could post comments or questions as well as a 1-800 number that listeners could call in for a live on-air mini-session. Lacking the live on-air call-in feature, my proposal is to answer your questions during the podcast that you send to me via email, lazanne at lazanneflynn.com. Because, as it usually works, another listener somewhere in the multiverse will exclaim out loud in their car, during their workout, or wherever they may be listening to this podcast, Oh my gosh, that's exactly what I was wanting to know. This is how we all help each other, which, believe it or not, is what the animals do for each other all of the time, including those with a predator and prey relationship. During the original broadcast and over the course of three and a half years, I interviewed many people with the caveat that what they did or represented was positive for either animals or humans. I talked with people who were experts in wolves, bats, and spiders, as well as people who worked with veterans in different ways on a number of topics like high sensitivity, mediumship, and health issues for animals and people. And it may be as this evolves, I'll bring on guests from time to time that I think might resonate with you, the listener, as well as promote positivity for all beings on the planet, because that's what it's really about for me. Embrace of the light that's already present in each one of us and supporting that as much as possible for each other. It doesn't mean we won't address issues of a shadow nature, because shadow is certainly being brilliantly illuminated right now for our species. And the shadow is the other side of the light, the stars in the darkness, the yin-yang symbol, and all of that. We'll address what we need to while we move from the duality of light and shadow into the unity of light, which is the direction the Earth's evolution definitely seems to be headed. And since we're all here together on Earth right now, it's much easier to go with the flow than swim upstream, as the element of water would add. I look forward to our journey together with the animals and appreciate your listening and sharing. I'm Lizanne Flynn, and this has been the Animals Eye View Podcast. See you next time. Thank you.